Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. <laughs> ah, good to be back in the studio for another fine episode of uh, Brew Strong. Yes, it is. Beautiful day today. In downtown Martinez. Yeah. Clear skies, beers in front of us. Refinery chugging away. Has the refinery started back up or is it still down? It seems like it was steaming this morning. I think so, yeah. Why was it down? Well, didn't they have, like, some fire or some um, explosion? That happens every month. Yeah. Well, then, and then they, Part they, of the I, I think they go to investigate it, and uh, they, there's this, uh, like, bypass. They put, like, a T in before some sort of restrictor thing and <laughs> fed it over to some other process. And they're like, uh, you know, we're just balancing off, uh, you know, emergency pressure. They go, no, you're bypassing, you know, the controls. <laughs> Uh, no, no, uh, that's that's not what it's for. No, we had an intern design it for us this summer. Like, please. Uh, makes me think of building a brewery, you know. You get a lot of that same thing. Yeah. But, uh, no, 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 we're, <laughs> we're not trying to bypass any any regulations. We're just, uh, it's balancing the pressure, that's all. Yeah. Balancing this, this side is zero, <laughs> and this side is... Uh, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. We're just using a little zero to balance out uh, the pressure from the. Uh, well, you know, one area the where they don't bypass anything in engineering. <laughs> oh, what the the break room? No the snacks. Our, our good friend John Blickman. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. Wow, nice segue there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no no bypassing there. Blickman Engineering. They're uh, making quality products, taking no shortcuts. I don't think I don't think Blickman knows what a shortcut is. No, it probably doesn't. Probably doesn't. It took them two hours to get here last time. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, <laughs> following, following by the book. Uh, no, they they're making great products and uh, a lot of, uh, as JP likes to say, uh, innovative products. Yeah. Innovating your, your home brew, brew. Uh, and your professional brew too. Yeah, yeah. They're doing uh, nano brew equipment as well. Mm-hmm. They've got the, uh, the new two two barrel. Ba- two barrel uh, right nano brew stuff so that's that's a pretty good size i think if you're selling all uh all of that uh on a, you're brewing two barrels and uh, you got enough room for enough fermenters mm-hmm. and you're selling it all across a, a tasting room counter yeah uh yeah. you could you could do well with that that i think you could uh you could make work uh, a lot of you know you'd have to be you wouldn't be like me with your minions <laughs> uh you know doing all the work while i sit back in the throne uh and uh you know flying the private jet and things like that right, but right. you'd be uh 
you'd be able to make that work. I've been telling my wife for years that, you know, even one barrel is enough for, I mean. (laughs) What, for committing suicide or what? (laughs) No, in terms of, you know, just size of the brewery. (laughs) Okay, size. So you think one barrel is enough. Yeah, in a lot of cases, it's how you yeah. use it. It's yeah, not the exactly. size of the brewery. It's frequency. how you use it. Yeah. <laughs> it's frequency. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Well, if, if you uh, uh, are curious as to the uh, fine sponsors and paying for the show for many years so you don't have to, uh, go check out com. Blickman with two N's. Uh, so check that out. And... Uh, <coughs> So what are we what are we doing today? You've got uh, you, you got a, a show idea here. You, you had well, this, we this had whole a, thing. Yeah, we had a nice email from one of our avid listeners and uh, our rabid listeners. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, he asked uh, if we could uh, cover uh, sources of contamination in the brewery. Ah, uh-huh. and uh, so do a show on on infections. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, infections are uh, a subject that's, uh, you know, on your mind a lot. And um, so I thought we could we could pull a nice show together with that. Yeah. Yeah. A little little, uh, moxicillin. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm used to lots of infections. Yes. Nothing a little iodine won't take care of. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a that's a great subject for a show. You know, I I think we we talk about it, uh, you know, quite a bit. In terms of everything else, and uh, uh, you know, identifying problems in, mm-hmm. in the brew house, but uh, yeah, I don't know that we've done a show that outlines exactly where you where you'd find those things and and what the causes of different uh, characters in your beer might be. Yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a great uh, show idea. And if you you have ideas that you want to see us cover on the show, you can send those to. Uh, Brew Strong at thebrewingnetwork.com, or you can sell it, right. send it to uh, John at thebrewingnetwork.com or Jamel at thebrewingnetwork.com, and we'll get those. And uh, we can't uh, respond to all of those show requests, um, but uh, they you know, will be considered. Yeah, they get they get saved, and then uh, when we're scrambling, desperate to find an idea for the show, we take <laughs> back through there and go, oh yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. As a reminder, uh, JP at thebrewingnetwork.com is not John Palmer. Correct. That's right. Just so everybody remembers that. And it's not uh, not John Plisse. No, and John Plisse at the Brewing Network doesn't exist. And, so don't email not, JP thinking that you're And it's not John, John Plickman either. Yeah. JP is me. John is uh, Palmer. Palmer, yeah. Yes. Although right. I don't think it is Palmer at, although, what, John at? Or I don't know. Maybe it is Palmer at. I didn't know you had one. Maybe you don't. John at Hadabrew.com. Yeah, John at Hadabrew.com. There you go. All right. That would get me. Uh, yeah. Well, get you one way or another. All right. So uh, let's do this. Let's uh, Before we dive into this... Uh, uh, Cauldron in, of... In, ...infectious uh, uh, topic, let's uh, let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll, we'll get all into... Uh, uh, all the different caucuses and uh, psilluses and uh, mices and vectors. Sounds good. All right. Back after this. 
When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Where can you still find 795 Nationwide Shipping, a friendly, knowledgeable staff, and all of the stuff to brew for less? Homebrew Stuff. (laughs) Isn't the homebrew stuff a sexual maneuver? Homebrew Stuff is the largest homebrew supplier in the Northwest and can be found in Garden City, Idaho, and online at homebrewstuff.com. Equipment and ingredients for brewing beer and wine, soda and liquors, books, instructional DVDs, beginner kits, and a great selection of grain and hops. Homebrew Stuff also has dozens of free videos online to help make brewing easier. Visit homebrewstuff.com now for the best prices with their match or beat guarantee. BN Army members can take 10% off their first order with the coupon code BNARMY. Kegs, regulators, faucets, towers, carboys, conicals, barrels, you name it. Get your homebrew stuff for less at homebrewstuff.com. Homebrew stuff, (laughs) not a sexual maneuver. Just the best prices and great service on all the stuff you need. Homebrewstuff.com. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. 
More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're, we're talking about uh, identifying your infection. Uh, now, now, John, when we're talking about infections or contamination, we're not talking about, uh, uh, you know, some oozing pustule uh, on your on your uh, person. Right. We're talking right. about this is about beer, and when when we're like we always do, let's um, let's define what we're talking about. What's 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 contaminate? I guess contamination could be, you know, you've dropped a you know, baby rattle. Yeah, or <laughs> baby rattle, or the baby and in, in, into your beer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so while it's not technically correct, I guess. An infection implies something different. Contamination right. could be uh, some pesticide residue right. uh, that, you know, you sprayed your hops and then you used your homeroom hops and then you got pesticide residue in your beer and that's a contaminated beer. That's true, yes. Okay. And contamination could also be some sort of well, unwanted organism growing in there. But yeah. we try and uh, kind of, you know, well, it's not technically an infection. You call it an infection because it is um, unwanted organism. Right. Yeah, I, I think you know, as 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 people, uh, as you know, as well as brewers, we tend to think of, uh, you know, we 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 talk about infected beer, um, but according to the BJCP and according to other brewing scientists, uh, really we should uh, be a little more uh, rigorous in our in our. Uh, definitions an infection is a microorganism that gets into a living thing Mm -hmm. such as a person or a plant or an animal i Um, like to think of my beer as a living thing yeah yeah you know it's born and you know but it's the yeast that are the living thing Mm -hmm. and the and Mm -hmm. the infection or the the (coughs) contaminant or Mm -hmm. the you know it doesn't actually get into the yeast it Mm -hmm. gets into the beer the beer which is a byproduct of Mm -hmm. the living thing as Mm -hmm. it were so yeah, properly when we talk about um, these off flavor, these off flavors, we're talking about contaminants. Mm-hmm. Um, now these are all, all microorganism contaminants. Uh, they can be other yeast strains, and they can be uh, bacteria. Uh, they can also be molds, which are you know other types of fungus, I believe. So uh, we're talking about <clears throat> some kind of uh, microbial contamination then. Correct. That's correct. Is, is yeah. more technically what, what we're looking for. Now, um, you know, 
okay, so how how do you isolate that out for me? What what types of microbial? Well, you you have your wild yeasts, mm-hmm. which um, can be like uh, gusher infections is a common one where mm-hmm. um, you know your beer just seems to not stop fermenting. You know the uh, it's been you know a week and it's still, you're still getting a bubble a minute kind of thing going on the fermenter. It's like when your penis won't stop dripping. Yeah, it could be like that. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah, for you know, especially when you get older. Yeah, <laughs> or you become infected. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, I've I've never experienced that myself. So. Anyway, um, yeah, the, you know you get to these these uh, run on infections, if you will, uh-huh. um, or fermentations where you know the the beer ferments entirely out. I mean, you you drink this beer, you bottle it, and when you when you drink it, you realize that you're not getting a lot of flavor. Hmm. Um, you pour the beer, you get vigorous carbonation, um, but very large bubbles. You know, mm-hmm. It looks like you're pouring soda pop. Mm-hmm. And that's because uh, some of these wild yeasts, they're like uh, called Saccharomyces um, diastaticus, um, they are capable of eating dextrins, you know, mm-hmm. something that Saccharomyces mm-hmm. cerevisia uh, doesn't eat. The, mm-hmm. you know, our normal beer yeast and baking yeast um, stops at your maltotrios, your three sugar, uh, fermentable sugar. And uh, whereas the diastaticus uh, has the enzymes to break down more complex dextrins, and it will ferment that beer out completely until you all, really all you're left with is carbonated water. Mm. Um, so that's that's a common infection. Um, mm-hmm. I've had it occur both in fermentations and in bottling. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then another very common uh, wild yeast is Britannomyces, mm-hmm. which you know is not a um, Saccharomyces type. Right. It's a different strain. Well, in, different in, in uh, the yeast book, I think we define uh, wild yeast as something technically that you didn't intend to be in your batch of beer. That, that's a good So a lot of times yeah. people say, well, you know, it's got bread, it's bread, you know, and, uh, you know, speaking with Chris uh, White about this, um, you know, he was saying, well, technically, if you get, let's say you're using WLP001 Cal Ale yeast mm-hmm. uh, in your beer, that's your yeast strain, and you inadvertently get a few cells of, um, uh, you know, 05 in there, or 07, you know, dry English right. in there, then um, that's a wild yeast. <clears throat> That's a yep. that's a contaminant that you didn't intend to be in there, and it's it's wild because it's not the yeast that you pitched. I see. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. And it could have you know again inadvertent consequences. It may end up you know attenuating more than you had intended. Right. Uh, Etc. Yeah. Yeah. So like especially with sort of lager strain mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lager strain, and you end up with some. Uh, Belgian yeast strain or something like that, and you get some, oh, yeah. uh, you know, some phenols or or, right. or, or such in there, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, an interesting, uh, you know, definition of what's wild yeast. Yeah. And then, uh, I guess, you know, if you're doing, um, uh, you know, uh, intentionally soured beer or something like that. Oh, yeah. And you want certain bacteria in there. The bacteria that you want, those are not necessarily a contaminant. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you get other bacteria in there that you didn't want, let's say you want lactobacillus because you're making a um, Berliner Weiss, 
Right, right. And uh, you end up with a bunch of pediococcus in there as well. Right. From the grain dust or whatever. Right. Uh, the pediococcus would be uh, the a wrong contaminant. flavor. Yeah. Right. It'd right, be the right. wrong flavor for mm-hmm, the style. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So you're saying there's a, you know a, a kind of a variety of wild yeasts. Now, now yeah. what about uh, what's the other thing there that? Uh, well, you'd have your bacterial the bacteria. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, yeah. what's what's the range of bacteria is like? Well, there's there's a there's uh, there's probably a dozen well-known uh, bacterial common or uh, contaminants, and there's um, probably hundreds hundreds of below thousands those. of bacterias. Oh yeah, yeah, and it, and, and not all of them will live in beer, though. That's correct, and some of them, um, I mean, it's it's like with yeast strains where you have a species such as um, Saccharomyces cerevisiae, where you've got you know hundreds of strains below that uh, within that species and it's the mm-hmm. same in bacteria um you i mean may not to quite that extent but you'll have a species such as pediococcus and then there'll be like you know a dozen or 20 different species yeah subspecies within that mm-hmm. that have different properties different uh off flavors that they can you know cause mm-hmm. um there's uh, one class of bacteria called um in in tero enterobacters mm-hmm. um and uh, typically these are bacteria that live in our gut mm-hmm. um they help digest you know carbohydrates and, mm-hmm. and other things um and yet if you get them in your beer then you will tend to have um high diacetyl mm-hmm. or in some case they produce uh, one species will produce a lot of esters mm-hmm. um and they they talk about uh, one of them uh, the Obesium, obesum bacterium, uh, a strain of Enterobacter, mm-hmm. uh, causes a parsnip flavor. Huh. And for those of you that don't know what parsnips uh, taste like or smell like, uh, I kind of compare it to the cr- a cross between a carrot and a radish. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there's but the the point is that there's you know a wide variety of possible contaminants. Uh, there's but there's only a handful. Um, you know, half a dozen that are, are quite common mm-hmm. and that can um, tolerate the mm-hmm. conditions in beer, especially in, in fermented beer where you have... Beer spoilage organisms is what they right. call them, yeah. Yes, where you have... They can tolerate the alcohol, they can to- tolerate the low pH and the temperature mm-hmm. as well. Um, well, there, and there's some that can live in there, but won't really necessarily spoil the beer right. as well. Right, And then... Uh, you know, a common saying is that, uh, you know, there's nothing, no bacteria or yeast that can live in beer that can harm you. I Correct. Mean, yeah. At worst, might give you an upset tummy or the runs or something, right? But right. if you drank enough. Yeah. But nothing that would hurt you. That's right. That's, yeah. That's true. Pathen- pathogenic bacteria or mm-hmm. infectious bacteria like that, um, such as it would cause common cold or the flu or, mm-hmm. well, fluids virus but you know what i mean um you know infectious bacteria that we associate with disease in humans or pets um mm-hmm. those are typically gram positive strains that uh, are not able to tolerate uh, conditions in beer so if justin was to take his diseased weenie and and you use swizzle stick your beer his wort yeah, yeah during the boil yeah, yeah take care of it. <laughs> and then and then you could drink that, and you wouldn't catch the the myriad of diseases that he has. That's right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So viruses can't live in there, and uh, 
That's um, crabs. Well, uh, you can you can get uh, spores. You spores. can get bacterial spores that will survive. Right, they'll uh, survive the boil. Mm-hmm. Uh, they spore you late. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the the conditions in beer are not such that they uh, transform into, um, I guess, what mm-hmm. junior bacterial or infectious forms. Okay, they so. Uh, well, and 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 I've heard that there are molds and um, that can uh, grow in beer, and again, not harmful. Or uh, how common is it to have a a mold contamination of a beer? Um, you know, that's that's a good, real good question. I can't really speak with any uh, real authority on it. Um, I was reading. There's a good book uh, for all you uh, brewers that are real. Uh, called yeast in, yeah well uh, there's no. <laughs> yeah that that is a very good book um for investigating uh bacteria and in, in, uh in your fermentations the one by chris white and jamil called yeast um there's another good book for you really geeky uh beer people mm-hmm. that are interested in, in contamination it's called brewing microbiology um second edition by priest and campbell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's not that a large a good book. book it's yeah. uh, about a half inch thick but it gets into lots of nitty-gritty details as far mm-hmm. as identifying different strains of bacteria and wild yeast and how to identify them in the lab. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that's uh, one source. And while I'm talking about sources, uh, I want to give a shout-out to the latest issue of Zymergy, um, where in the Four Geeks Only column, uh, Chris Bible, a friend of ours, uh, wrote a real good article called Beer Spoilage Organisms. Mm-hmm. Which is you know very serendipitous. I, the uh, the show idea came in oh a couple of weeks before this article appeared in my mm-hmm. mailbox. So mm-hmm. uh, cool, yeah. The the AHA uh, puts out a great uh, magazine called Zymergy. They also do uh, the uh, homebrew competition, the national homebrew competition, the national conference. I mean, it's just fantastic all that that they do. And I think the hidden things that they do is um, you know kind of advocating for homebrewers. Uh, and you know, kind of keeping an eye on uh, regulations yeah. and things like that, and uh, yeah. it really has been fantastic. That's one of the reasons I'm a lifetime member Me of too. AHA. Yeah. yeah, I'd I'd highly recommend anybody listening. If you're not an AHA member, you should go to the uh, the uh, Brewing Network site, thebrewingnetwork.com, and uh, look for the AHA logo there. You can uh, sign up for the AHA through there, and a, a little bit of that uh, goes back to the Brewing Network, help support the shows. And uh, really, um, I think you're getting a great magazine. You get, they've got a, a pub discount program. Heretic's right. going to participate in that once oh, we get our new good. facility open. We're going to give a serious discount to uh, all our AHA brothers and sisters. And uh, sweet, uh, and they do just a, a lot of good work. So it's it's well worth uh, supporting, not just for the magazine, but the magazine is quite good. All right, uh, let's uh, let's do this. Let's take a, another short break. And when we come back, we'll kind of dive into, uh, you know, some of those off flowers that, off flavors that, uh, you know, you might find that can, yeah. you know, help, help identify where these things are coming from and how to, how to figure out, uh, uh how to solve the problem. All right. Sounds so good. we'll do that after this. 
BN Army, HopTech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. HopTech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of whole leaf hops. And HopTech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's, Nottingham, and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeve shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzenstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My daughter, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha acid. <laughs> yes, J.P. Gore, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Blickman, with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to enjoy. Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones, no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit AustinHomebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Body Builder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. A 
vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. To the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. We're we're talking uh, all the things that make you go drip in the night. Uh, <laughs> infections, contamination, um, <clears throat> random bubbling, and, and <laughs> random bubbling, uh, bubble and squeak. Um, the thing that uh, I wanted to mention that uh, uh, occurred to me during the, the break was that uh, <clears throat> when we're talking about beer being safe and not harboring any um, pathogenic bacteria, um, the that's really dependent on proper fermentation in the first place oh, because, yeah. um, you know, it, it it's the lower pH of the beer, it, it being a, an acidic food. Um, the alcohol present, things like that, that actually make that uh, safe to drink. If you were to uh, pitch all dead yeast into something, or you, know, you pitch your yeast too hot, or something, and then you know you got like botulism in there somehow, uh, the and yeah. you know your no, mash you wasn't a- so great, you got a you know a higher pH uh, wort. Right, uh, it could be possible for something to. Uh, uh, grow in there and become uh, quite deadly. So yeah, it, yeah. it really d- depends on beer being fermented properly, <laughs> fermented, the, right? Yeah, and the pH uh, dropping down and all that. And then, then in that case, it's safe to drink. But uh, uh, just something to keep in mind. Yeah. So if you know if your beer didn't ferment, don't don't try drinking it and assuming it's safe because it was boiled right. at one point. Uh, you know, you could easily get something in there that could. Right. Or if you leave wort out, you know. Yeah. Um, you need to be careful of, uh, you know, that as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and we had been talking about molds and uh, molds and, and such. And and uh, I know uh, one of the things in the in the yeast book, we, there's a, a toxin that uh, can be found on barley that impacts fermentation right. uh, negatively. Uh, so that's one type of contamination. Other molds that uh, that you're aware of, that, yeah, the uh, unusual molds. I believe it's the Aspergillus or Fusarium mm-hmm. mold that uh, can be on barley. And if I read that right, um, it's it's a, a combination of the the toxins that the mold give molds give off, and the spores that the molds get off that they make their way into the beer mm-hmm. and can cause gushing in the beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is more prevalent in um, northern or, you know, very uh, cooler 
wetter climates. Mm-hmm. Um, the the book, uh, the microbiology book, talked about uh, this being a um, one a problem for uh, a Danish brewery in well, particular, where they have a climate that is cool and very damp mm-hmm. that promotes the growth of mold mm-hmm. and uh you know the barley storage you know mm-hmm. can picked up some additional mold and then that makes its way into the beer right. and gushing problems well and 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 there'll be you know on your grains there'll be bacteria right. there'll be yeasts there'll be molds there can can be molds and um, i know that in tropical uh climates uh, tropical breweries that's one of the big problems that they sometimes will struggle with is uh you know there it's a humid environment and okay. the malt gets slack and you know they'll uh, have yeah. the growth of molds and they can have the growth of uh you know um bacteria and things like that as well yeah, yeah. you know uh, keep your like they say keep your powder dry keep your keep your uh keep your malt dry right right um definitely a a, a big step in uh controlling things like molds yeah, yeah. I, I just I had uh, I had a I'd bought some mold uh, mold I had bought some barley <laughs> some malt that was, that was the word I wanted malt knew it began with an M four letters had an L on it um, and uh, you know I was going to brew one weekend and you know something came up so I just uh, left the malt in the paper bag mm-hmm. and stuck it in the stuck it in my fridge mm-hmm. um, and when I got around to it a couple weeks later. And opened up the bag. Well, here's all this moldy barley in there. Mm. You know, it was just a little too damp in the refrigerator, even though mm-hmm. it was cool. Mm-hmm. A little too damp, and I had moldy malt. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you want to store store your malt dry right. in plastic or you know a mm-hmm. moisture barrier to kind of material. Yeah, when I when I was uh, brewing a lot uh, home brewing, I would uh, store my base malt in uh, in trash cans in yeah. uh, uh, large uh, Rubbermaid trash cans, and then I'd, I'd put it in a, a really heavy, they have those really heavy plastic bags for oh, uh, yeah. construction yard waste and a real heavy mill, and I'd use one of those, and um, you know I'd push the air out and tie a knot in that. They also have those um, like pet food saver bins. They're really expensive, oh, yeah. but they have, it has a gasketed screw-on lid. Those are nice. Yep. But uh, again, real expensive. A Rubbermaid trash can with a with one of these heavy duty trash bags worked really well for me. I never had any problems. Uh, yeah. Of course, yeah. you know, it didn't. Most of the time, it didn't get too humid where I was at. I think if you keep opening it in a real humid environment, you might run into an issue. But if, right, uh, you know, I I would keep malt for a year, no problem at all, or even a couple of years, and no problem at all. Yeah, me so too. That was that was good. And then for my specialty grains, I was using. Um, just a one-gallon plastic jar with a, it kind of had a, uh, a seal for the lid. So that I was, see, uh, yeah. you know, if you squeeze it and and no air is going in and out, that generally, I mean, that's not proof that moisture isn't going to get in there, but it generally holds down the air exchange and uh, can keep it pretty good. Yeah, you always sense. always taste your malt before you brew, and yeah. uh, slack malt will, will be uh, kind of soft and, uh, and the fresh musty. malt will be nice and crunchy. Okay. Now, what other, uh, you know, things do people need to know about uh, infections? So, we've talked about the types of things that can infect. Uh, what are, I mean, how do you identify what the infection is? How do you know what it is, where it came okay. from? Um, you know, as far as solving it, I guess, you know, it's sanitation, 
kill things with heat and chemicals and cleaning yeah so, well there, there's some there's some, we talked we had a show on that too we had uh uh john herskovitz didn't we and uh, yes yeah. yeah that's right you know, how to how to keep uh keep things clean and sanitized right. yeah uh well when it comes to like identifying you know the the uh infection or contamination you have um there's a couple key characteristics that you can look at mm-hmm. um one is that a lot of contaminants will throw off uh, quite a bit of diacetyl. So, you know, if you're um, smelling your fermentation, you know, while it's fermenting, or if you're, you know, if you if you taste the beer immediately before bottling or kegging, and you get a real strong diacetyl note, um, that's one indication that you'll probably have a contamination. Um, you can get diacetyl, of course, from other sources, you know, your other brewing you know, process sources, uh, you know, you didn't boil long enough, et cetera, et cetera. But um, a lot of these contaminants do throw off quite a bit of diacetyl. Mm-hmm. Um, you have bacteria that throw off uh, quite a bit of hydrogen sulfide. So you can get some, you know, rotten egg smells and uh, mm-hmm. and some, you know, rotten flavors. Uh, one, um, one bacteria has a uh, kind of a characteristic rotten apple. Mm-hmm. Aroma, uh, because of a combination of acetaldehyde and um, and uh, hydrogen sulfide mm-hmm. type products being produced, mm-hmm. and uh, I forget which one that is. I think it's oh the Zymomonas. So uh, anyway, I'm getting kind of jumping around. Um, so you, you generally will you'll notice something. It's yeah. a it's an off flavor, off aroma. And it may be appearance, uh, maybe too. it may be a slime or something right. forming on the best, something forming on the surface. Right. You can see, uh, you can get pellicles uh, forming. Mm-hmm. These are. And, and what's a pellicle? A pellicle is a gelatinous uh, protein, or actually a polysaccharide, I believe is the proper term, um, composition um, mass that the yeast, the, not the yeast, the bacteria produce. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in yeast as well, uh, the you know, Britannomyces is oh, yes. pellicle forming. That's right. Um, so uh, I was thinking, you know, not not our normal mm-hmm. s- um, your brewing s- yeast, usual but your sack yeast. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but your Britannomyces will throw off a pellicle. Your Acetobacters, your uh, Lactobacillus will also. Um, the 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 pellicle have different appearances depending on what which. Uh, which agent is responsible. Um, the Britannomyces pellicle is usually uh, whitish, and it's it's opaque, um, floating it, on top. And it can get quite thick. I've, I've had yeah. them, uh, you know, a good quarter inch, three-eighths of an inch uh, thick. Yeah, you know, whereas uh, it's, you know, it resists punching a spoon through it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and what it's really doing is protecting the, the beer from more oxygen. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I guess Britannomyces uh, is one. It it's a wild yeast, and it can it can ferment both aerobically and anaerobically, mm-hmm. or it can I shouldn't say ferment, but it can live mm-hmm. aerobically and anaerobically. Um, if it's aerobic, that's when it tends to produce more acid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you'll get uh, acetic. You'll actually yeah. you can get uh, with enough oxygen, it'll produce acetic acid or vinegar which is not appropriate you know even but, in your sour beers yeah in, in a subset of sour beers a very tiny amount of acetic is is okay mm-hmm. 
but uh, otherwise not appropriate. The um, otherwise in a in a Brett, um, if some, if some Brettanomyces gets into a, say a non Brett beer mm-hmm. like your pale ale, for instance, um, you could expect to get some phenolic notes um, to get a little bit of the musty, earthy, uh, leathery barnyard mm-hmm. kind of character developing. But generally, the those classic Brett barnyard mm-hmm. kind of aromas don't arrive until later in the fermentation. Well, it depends a lot on the strain. That, you True. know, lots of different strains of Brett. As brewers, yeah, we think, oh, there's you know three or four kinds of Brett. No, there's you know thousands of them, just like there are sack yeasts. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And they they'll have you know a wide variety of characters, just like the sack yeasts yeah. do as well. Good point. Now, what about uh, what about ropey beer? You know, a beer which people call you know uh, the beer's getting sick. You know, it's yeah. these ropey, slimy, snotty things. <laughs> pellicles, yeah. Well, that's usually. Um, well, is that really a pellicle? Because it it's not on the surface. It's, it's you know it's it's just a, a clump of snot. You know, yeah. hanging down in the in the beer. Yeah, I guess it, it, you're right. It's it's not a pellicle per se, which is something that. Uh, floats on top of you know it's a protective kind of cap on the beer um your acetobacters or acetic acid bacteria uh they can they can form a thin translucent pellicle um that is you know different different appearance from the brett pellicle um they will also form the ropey strands in beer Mm-hmm. But uh, your pediococcus and lactobacillus uh, bacteria will also form the ropiness, mm-hmm. the polysaccharide, you know, gelatin yeah. strands in beer. But when you're pouring it, it's like uh, there's a big snot, phlegmy thing, <laughs> you know, or like you know, like gelatin. It's generally pretty clear. Yeah, I guess it can take on different appearances, but you know, you you'd be pouring your beer and it'll it'll come out in a big chunk uh-huh. uh out of the bottle yeah that's uh that's a good indicator of uh of a pdo or lacto mm-hmm. or acetobacter of infection uh the night i mean and when you have that kind of a, a contamination um you know you can usually identify them pretty well mm-hmm. from the characteristic off flavors um lactic uh lactobacillus you know, of course is a is a sour acidic character but not as sharp as a vinegar, you know, acetic uh, type yeah. acid would be. Acetobacter. That's why it's not appropriate in, in beer. It's so harsh yeah. and biting, you know, just pour vinegar in your beer. And, I mean, yeah, you could say it's kind of sourish, but yeah. it's, it's really more biting. Yeah, I mean, that's acid. and that's kind of a fault on a lot of Flanders, Reds beer, Flanders Red beers that you mm-hmm. taste in competition where it's, yes, it's sour and it's red, but it really has too much acetic mm-hmm. to make it, you know, ultimately a very pleasant beer. Right. Lactic, um, malic, you know. Yeah. That's more yeah. the way to go. Better. Um, the pediococcus um, doesn't throw quite as much. A- well, it throws acid. Um, it uh, has a little different uh, aroma to it. Um, your pediococcus tends to produce uh, more, di- the, tends to produce the most diacetyl. Um, of of your bacterial infections, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so then, but then you'll get some some lacto or or different acid character. I, I believe the 
the type of acid that the the bacterium produces is uh, acetic mm-hmm. as well. Well, you know, there's a, a wide range of bacteria, a, a wide range of off flavors, a, a wide range of aromas and appearances. Um, you know, is there a source where people can go? You know, does the the book you mentioned does that have uh, you know a chart of all these? I know in the uh, the yeast book we tried to include uh, mm-hmm. uh, some of the more common stuff uh, in there, but uh, you know, where's a good source of uh, finding these? Because we can't we can't uh, you know go through every single one and right. and, and, and cover those. But uh, where where's a good? Uh, well, I think I think the best source at the and now for at the moment for comparison is probably the the current zymergy article by chris bible mm-hmm. um he has a couple of nice tables in there that you know identifies you know kind of like a key characteristic and what its effect is on the beer what issue is that that is the um that is the november december 2012 issue okay um 38 or th- sorry volume 35 number six of zymergy there you go, and, and uh, uh, the four geeks only column. You know what's what's also great about that is they um, they've started doing uh, uh, putting the back issues online for oh, for yeah. members. You can actually actually access some of the back issues, and and uh, you know that would that would be good if you if you're not signed up now, you sign up and maybe uh, could get that. Matter of fact, if you signed up right now, <clears throat> you probably uh, still get that issue sent to you. That's true. Yeah, you know, if they haven't run out yet. Yeah. yeah um yeah that, that that's interesting so uh i think i think the the other thing is uh that that a lot of people tend to wonder about is um <clears throat> kind of the lab aspect of this how do you uh you know is there something you look for what's what's the process of uh yeah. determining uh once and for all what what what's uh where's you know, this what, coming what from how to get is, rid of it right? yeah well, for especially, I think you know, um, you know, if you're a professional brewer, um, or even if you're home brewer, you know, you want to figure out where this is coming from, what you can do to prevent it. Um, if you have a microscope and are familiar with um, yeast uh, counting, yeast culturing, and and staining uh, processes, as discussed in the yeast book um, by Jamil and Chris, uh, the you know, if you have that kind of equipment. Um, there's a lot you can do to identify your infection by you know taking a sample of the beer, uh, growing it up on an agar plate, mm-hmm. and then looking under the microscope. Um, bacteriums are generally uh, about ten times smaller than a yeast cell, so you know if you put put a streak of uh, you know, of uh, the, this mixed culture on a slide and look under the microscope, mm-hmm. you can see the round yeast cells, and then you can see smaller uh, round cells. Those are the bacterium. Those are the caucuses. Those are the caucuses, you know, translates through Latin or Greek or whatever to round or spherical. Um, You'd think it would be the other way. It would be more like a rod. Yeah. The caucus would be more like a rod. <laughs> Yeah. And the ballast would be more like a sphere. Yeah, isn't that ironic? I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. And your your siluses are the rods. So, um, for instance, your pediococcus—that's a round bacterium. Your lactobacillus—that's a rod bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look in how to brew, you know, I think it's in the yeast chapter. Um, I have a picture 
in there of uh, yeast cells and bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says in, right in the caption, I, I spit onto a, uh, a, a plate with some and cultured it up in a in a, yeah. some wort. You didn't take like skid mark from your underwear? And no, no, no. <laughs> Just simply spit into a wort uh, fermenting beer sample. So you're saying your mouth is full of... Uh, lactobacillus, yeah. Nasty uh, bacteria? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can brush your teeth every once in a while, maybe. Maybe that wouldn't yeah. be the case. There you go. Hey, I... Uh, Without a toothbrush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you really you use a tooth, toothbrush to inoculate your uh, your Berliner Weiss or something. There you go. Um well, and uh, yeah, when you're when you're doing uh, your normal, you know, cell counts uh, and checking for viability, you know, don't just be looking for you know yeast cells. Keep an eye out, and if if you see these uh, uh, rods and and, yeah. and, uh, and spheres, you know, uh, there as well, then uh, you know, uh, indication of it, then you know, you can you can you know crank up your magnification. Uh, go oil immersion and 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 look around for the bacteria as well yeah now and the in addition to bacterial shape then you have the what they call the gram positive and gram negative staining Mm -hmm. uh differentiation um and some bacteria uh, have their cell cell membrane on the outside and those are referred to as gram negative because the that more outer membrane is more resistant to staining Mm-hmm. Your gram-positive bacteria, which tend to be um, your beer spoilers and uh, pathogenic bacteria, um, have their membrane more internal. They have other layers on the outside, and they tend to pick up more stain. This, the gram stain is like a deep purple, blue-violet kind of thing. Um, so your gram-positive will stain a deep purple. Um, your gram-negative will stain a light pink. Mm-hmm. And that can help you kind of differentiate um, which type of bacteria you're dealing with. Um, say, you know, if you see a, spe- a spherical that's gram-positive, well, that was probably pediococcus. Whereas a spherical um, or a rod uh, bacterium, such as lactobacillus, that's gram-positive. Whereas acetobacter is a rod-shaped and gram-negative. So by, you know, looking at these under the microscope, you can... Uh, help you know yourself identify exactly what uh, contaminants you're dealing with, mm-hmm. um, and again you know the microbiology book, the yeast book, Zymer Jericho, uh, as well as Wikipedia online has descriptions of how to identify um, these various uh, contaminants. Hmm. Well, that's uh, a lot of good information, uh, I think, uh, on how to. Uh Identify those things. I'll, I'll tell you one other thing. Uh, a lot of good information is uh, uh, the Brewing Network's got the uh, Brewing the Perfect American Pale Ale DVD. Uh-huh. It's uh, in pre-sale right now, seventeen ninety-five, and the Brewing Network is their their homebrew U series. And uh, what they did was uh, Justin uh, uh, Justin some, brewed this somehow. No, he somehow got Matt Brettelson from Firestone uh, Walker yeah. to come down and, and, and he you know, leveraged he, some sort of weird. He really he had some dirty pictures he had them and uh you know i mean we're drinking firestone pale 31 right now uh excellent uh, pale ale yeah and uh you know so he got him to come down and uh, uh talk about uh you know the what the why the how the when uh of uh, i bet that's a, a really good show fantastic pale ale yeah, yeah. well and you can uh, pre-order it now it's it's going to be 1995 uh but right now you can get it for 1795 you pre-order it and uh 
just in time for Christmas. Uh, yeah, it'll arrive in January, but you can order it. You can order it in Christmas and print out a little thing for your loved one saying, "Hey, this is coming in January," uh, <laughs> and you can brew then, dear. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, check it out. All right, let's take our our last uh, short break, and uh, when we come back, we'll answer any questions and kind of wrap this topic up. Back after this. <laughs> Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. When Michael Fairbrother started Moonlighting, he had no idea how quickly his dream was going to grow. Having homebrewed for 15 years, Michael decided to go pro, but not with beer. While attending his homebrew club meetings, he saw ladies knocking their men out of the way to try his mead. Moonlight Meadery is now two years old and can produce 200,000 bottles a year. It's the first New Hampshire winery to ever distribute to California and Australia. In fact, you can find Moonlight Meadery Meads in Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maine, Rhode Island, Vermont, and New Hampshire. And they ship direct to 17 states. 
They produce 56 different varieties of mead and are unlike anything you've ever seen on the market. Michael Fairbrother at Moonlight Meadery is a real success story that can make the BN Army proud. Visit Moonlight Meadery in Londonderry, New Hampshire or online at MoonlightMeadery.com. What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious meals at your favorite restaurant and at home. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events recipes, great feature stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Are you a hophead? Beer lovers of all stripes will love Brewers Publications' latest release, IPA, Brewing Techniques, Recipes, and the Evolution of India Pale Ale by Mitch Steele. I wanted to write a book that presented an accurate review of the history of IPA and also provided current technical brewing tips and recipe information. India Pale Ale is a style I love because it has a rich, fascinating history, and today it provides brewers a showcase for all the great new hop varieties that are available. I'm so proud of this book, and I know you'll enjoy all the recipes and thoughts from so many of the world's great IPA brewers. IPA is available now from Brewers Publications at brewerspublications.com and your favorite homebrew store. Order your copy today and take your hop forward beers to the next level. American Homebrewers Association and Brewers Association members receive early notice and special discounts to most Brewers Publication releases. Visit brewerspublications.com to learn more and to find a schedule of author appearances. IPA by Mitch Steele. Get yours today. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zainashef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right. Speaking of testicles, uh, don't forget our other sponsor, uh, Adam and Eve. AdamandEve.com. They've got uh, <clears throat> a great deal for you if you go to uh, AdamandEve.com. You use the offer code Jamil, J-A-M-I-L. You're going to get to uh, choose uh, three free adult DVDs. And when I say choose, I mean, you get to choose from, from great categories such as uh, anal, amateur, Asian, big butts, big big breasts, uh, bisexual, chunky, co-eds, fetish, gay, interactive, POV, lesbian, MILFs, etc. Wow. Even Muppets. Muppet. Muppet on Muppet. John Muppet, Palmer. What, what's Muppet your favorite Palmer. category? What's your favorite uh, category? <laughs> uh, probably MILFs, I would say. Yeah, Jamal? I, I, would, I would say John Palmer's is uh, uh, big-breasted Asians. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I think I think that's the way he would go. I, I'm just saying. Apologies just, to my children if they were listening to this with show. With nothing, with nothing, uh, nothing really to go on, just guessing. <laughs> just guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you get to choose uh, three free adult DVDs. You get to uh, uh, 
you buy one item, 50% off first. Right. right. Okay. Select one item. You're going to get that 50% off. Then you get the three free adult DVDs. They get you uh, an, an extra gift, so sensual. We're not allowed to mention what it is. Ah. And free shipping. All just uh, for using the offer code J-A-M-I-L at adamandeve.com. You can even shop on your mobile phone uh, at adamandeve.com. Yeah. Free shipping is nice, especially when it comes to those, you know, real long or oddly shaped uh, right, packages. Right. Uh, usually it's, you have to pay extra for those. Yeah, when it's like, you know, you got the three-foot package, uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a great deal because you're only buying one thing at 50% off, and then everything else is free. That's, I mean, your, your costs are quite low, so go check it out, uh, adamandeve.com. Use that off code, Jamel, J-A-M-I-L. Or check out their mobile site at... Uh, it's, it's, it's still adamandeve.com. I guess it'll redirect automatically, but oh, okay. it was before m.adameve.com. Uh, oh, okay. Yep. So. Something there. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. All right. So uh, questions from the chat uh, for this. Uh... No, no spider wrangler today. <gasps> he has meetings or some nonsense. He has, yeah. She has to work and produce things for his boss, whatever that means. Uh, but this one is from Eagle Dude, which is a close second, I suppose. Uh, how worried should we be with using Brett and Lacto to ferment batches of beer in the same fermenter that we brew normal uh, Saccharomyces beers? Mm. Well, depends on how you clean them. So yeah. at Heretic, um, we've been using the same because we are limited currently on how many fermenters we, we have. At home, I used separate fermenters. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I could in plastic at home, right? Yeah, I was using better bottles towards the end there. Mm-hmm. Before that, I was using glass, um, but I, I could just separate them out that way. But in Heretic, we we don't have that luxury. So what we do between every batch, anyways, is we heat the tanks up to uh, you know almost two hundred degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, okay. So that uh, pretty much you know uh, sanitizes them. Sanitize them, yeah. We we do our regular cleaning and and acid and and all that. But how then do you we do that with the, the jacket? No, we uh, we loop uh, hot water through a heat exchanger oh, okay. with steam on the other side, and then it heats it up, and we just keep pumping it through, recirculating it through the uh, fermenter until the whole thing is real hot. Oh, okay, it'll shorten the life of the fermenter, but it guarantees that we know everything's perfectly sanitary. Yeah. So I should kill everything there. Um, you know, it, if you have the ability to use heat on, you know, if you have like a, uh, uh, a stainless steel conical from Blickman Engineering, uh, you know, you could, uh, you know, scrub it out. Use that, yeah. And Star then, sand. You know, uh, put some uh, boiling water in there or something. Yeah. You know, heat it up, and uh, that could that could uh, yeah. sanitize it as well. So it just depends on the type of surface. If it's um, if you have plastic, then it's best to get, get separate separate, separate Cause, plastic. Because it's generally cheap. Yeah. And then why risk it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Whereas if you have stainless steel, answer. whether it's you know conicals or professional size, then uh, there you can you can get aggressive with your sanitizing treatment right. to ensure that it's not a problem. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, this other one from um, I don't even want to try this. Some guy, Mitch. I think is his name somewhere. Uh, hey, buddy, I touched on it before, but I'm kind of wondering if there's anything you can do in-house to stop bacteria or infection if it has already been found. Is it a hope and pray situation at that point? 
You mean if a beer has already got an infection, you yeah. notice it? Like maybe you see some ropiness or a pellicle uh, forming, and you're like, oh, what can I do at this point? Well, if it's if it's already fermented, then what you can do is cool it down. You know, like you've got finished beer, and you're drinking it, and then you notice some sort of bacterial infection. You can uh, cool it down, keep it, you know as cold as you can right above above freezing for that beer to take the alcohol into account but you know you get it below like you know 35. you get it you, know, you get it like 30 degrees fahrenheit mm-hmm. um and hold it there the bacteria really won't do hardly anything it'll stay pretty stable right as to right. what it was and then you can go ahead and drink it you know mm-hmm. until it's done but there's no cure for it right when something gets ropey and gets sick if it's a you know supposed to be a sour beer or something like that, eventually it'll go away, go away, and get a little better. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that's one one point to bring up is when it comes to actually, uh, if you have a pale ale or you have some some beer that has gotten in a contamination or in a, a, a sour beer type infection in it, um, you know then uh, you know let it and it's still in the fermenter then maybe it's time to let just let that run its course you may take you know six months from the time you notice uh ropiness or pellicle mm-hmm. forming for that 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 it uh that sour beer to you know finish and you know right. the flavors to mellow and so on but you may end up with a a real nice sour beer out of it mm-hmm. cool all right um sakai brew Apparently, he says uh, it's kind of similar to the other question. Will regular sanitation products clean out these infections on glass and plastic fermenters, or are the plastics screwed if by chance you get an infected beer? No, they should they should clean it. Yeah, I mean the only issue and why people get all iffy about it is because some of these are um, uh, slime forming and co- they'll coat they coat over themselves and protect themselves from cleaning and sanitizing right. if you're if you're very diligent in your cleaning and uh, you haven't scratched up the surfaces uh, you should be able to get it clean enough and then sanitize it and everything should be fine it's just the biofilms you know, is what we're talking yeah, about day to day um you know especially commercial you know you're looking at uh, you know thousands of dollars for you know almost any batch of beer so you just need to be a little more careful, but on the homebrew scale, I think you're okay. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it, it should do it. It's just you know, your cleaning it becomes much more critical. Yeah, that that's where you where you may want to switch to a straight caustic, or uh, or you know, give it a, a good PBW soak um, to help break up that biofilm, mm-hmm. and then that way, and the shake sand, it. Yeah, shake yeah. it, agitate it. Get some uh-huh. mechanical action going. Right. And then the up. sanitizer can get to all right. the bacteria and right. kill it. Proper ki- cleaning is important. Proper concentration, so everything as well. All right. And this is from Username, which is a pretty good username. Nice. Uh, are there any beer contaminating bacteria slash wild yeast that can survive in boiling or near boiling water? Yes, there are. Um,. Can't think of what their names are. Spore, spore forming organisms, right? That, um, yeah. So especially your spore forming bacteria, um, 
And I, but even then, I'm not sure how much of an impact they have on flavor. Do they? Well, yeah, I, I'd, I'd have to look it up. Um, what I, what I do remember about it is that if you have a spore forming bacteria that that can survive the boil, um, if you if you if you didn't pitch yeast to that wort, so if you you, mm-hmm. you create the wort and then let it sit for a long time at favorable temperatures, that's when that spore uh, could... Botulism. Yeah, there botulism. Go. That's a good one. So, yeah, you you, you uh, boil some wort, some botulism spores have gotten in there, you boil it, and then let it sit. Yeah, uh, those things weeks. will survive the boil. They can start growing. Yeah. They can, they can kill you. Right. Whereas uh, if you've got you know, a normal boil normal yeast pitch, mm-hmm. normal fermentation happens, conditions in that wort uh, will not be favorable for the spores to uh, transform. Right. They'll still be there, but they won't... Be a problem. Uh, yeah. Burst forth and uh, multiply. Right. And it's it's the multiplication and the toxins they give off as they multiply that are the problem for everyone. Yes, I always found multi- multiplication very difficult. Uh, and our last question from Durfbug, who uh, I have to piece the question together, so I apologize for the clumsy, ham-fisted delivery. But basically, he um, has some oak. Uh, he had an oak rod, and he put it in some beer, and he said he used star sand on it before tossing it in, but he still got some sort of contamination. Um, uh, what did he say? It got a, a white layer and turned it to vinegar. And so he wants to know the best way to sanitize the rod. So I know, like, chips... I've never sanitized any oak I've ever put in my beer, and I've never had this kind of problem. I may have had some issues, but I couldn't detect them. Um, and you can steam them in the microwave or whatever. But what about the you know the two have you foot sa- rod? Have you sanitized your your rod? Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, like uh, Britannomyces can survive. You know, can be as deep as a quarter inch in the wood. Yeah. Um, and can work its way back out and infect your beer um contaminate your beer so you know just cleaning the surface with a you know star sand or something like that is not going to touch that and the wood is porous and you know these organisms can get their way in there and that can be an issue um you, you know if it if it if it turned acetic um it could have been acetobacter but it also could have still been brett with just right. a lot of oxygen available right, right. So, um, you know, those are those are the two possibilities. The way that you kill this stuff off is you um, heat. use heat, heat and, yeah. uh, you know, you can get some boiling water and then stick your rod in there and, and let it, uh, you know, then you can shut the boiling water off and just let it soak in there and, and steep mm-hmm. for a time. But that's going to reduce a lot of your tannins and things like that. Yeah, that's some of the old character. You could also, I think, put it in the oven, like 250 degrees or 200 degrees. Right, right. Oh, there for, you go. For an hour or so, and that wouldn't that wouldn't yeah, necessarily it, toast it it'd much. It'd be like f- four hours or something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing is, I mean, you can use chips. And uh, the nice thing about chips, you can put them in like a mason jar, and you can actually pressure cook them and make them ah, sterile. I used yep. to do that. Uh, and then, you know, there's no worries whatsoever. There's, it kills spores and everything. Well, yeah, that's so, a good point. There, there's uh, hope for your rod. All righty. That's it for the That's chat. It. 
I think that was another fine show, and thank you for uh, listening live and, yeah. and providing your questions. Uh, if you're hanging out live, stay tuned. We got uh, a couple more shows coming up. Palmer's here in the studio. And we're gonna we're gonna make uh, hay while the sun shines. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Bruce Strong, everybody, Bruce Strong. <laughs>